Good morning. Everybody doing all right? You're doing more than all right, right? This is a day that the Lord has made, and we get to rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know what kind of week you've had, but I'm telling you, I, it is good to be in the house of the Lord with believers and people who love Jesus, and it's good to be alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to jump, in, jump into the word here in just a minute, but before I do, um, I had a word I wanted to give to a couple of things. I wanted to jump up there and add to what Kevin was saying, but this is what I feel like. So, Lauren and Brian and Lauren, would you, would you guys stand or just come down here in front? Kevin, you stand behind him. I, this morning, just want to take some time to pray over you. I, um, during worship, while you were worshiping the Lord, I, I saw the Spirit of God just come rush in on you. And here's what, he, what I feel like the Lord said. Um, I feel like the Lord said that, and, and I, know, I know some things, so I'm, I'm just not wanting to deal. But I, I feel like the Lord said there's, a, there's not only confirmation of some things, obviously, you guys have been praying about. But I feel like the Lord said that you are to cast all your expectations, obviously, upon him. But he said, He'll do, I'm going to do some things that you are unexpected in this next season that you didn't even expect. And he, I'm going to blow some doors open that you didn't expect to, to, believe, to be blown open. God says, I'm gonna, not only am I going to direct your steps. This is what I said, so don't get, don't get mad. This is what I saw. It took me back to that old crazy movie, The Wizard of Oz, where the Yellow Brick Road and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man, all of them were trying to go down the Yellow Brick Road, and they was dancing. Not, not, now, I'm not talking about the, the Dorothy and Toto. I'm talking about Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah the Wiz, yeah. When the brother was like, when they was like, when they was like, when they was like, the Yellow Brick Road, yeah, ease on down the road. It was that. And the Lord says that I'm not going to, it's not going to be a road that's fraught and it has all this, all of the, the detours and, like, and any of that. The Lord says, I'm going to cause you to ease on down the road. But like the Lord said, I'm going to cause it to be an ease. It's not going to be a, a, a hard press and then like that. The enemy knows, the enemy knows what I'm talking about. I'm saying the Lord said, I'm going to bust some doors open and there's going to be restoration done in the process. There's restoration, I hear the Lord saying, in the process. God said, I'm going to do something amazing. And what I'm going to do, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. It's going to be for generations and generations and generations to come. Because you've been praying about that. Y'all been praying about it together. It's going to be a generational restoration. God said, see, won't I do it in Jesus' name. So Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I am thankful, Lord, for who you are and what you're going to do. So we just say, Lord, you are the one that directs our steps. And you're the one that goes before us. So every crooked place, Lord, I'm praying, Lord, that you would straighten it and that you would hold their hand, walk with them in Jesus' name. And we know that the enemy has been defeated. And we're going to say, Lord, we're snatching back, taking back what the enemy has tried to steal for generations and generations. And, Lord, you are the one, I hear him saying this because it's in the word, the restorer of the breach. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God's good. God is good. It really is good to see you guys. And so for you that are new, it's like, y'all do that all the time uh, when the Lord wants to. Um, we believe that God is in control. And so uh, there is a clock back there, but I don't follow it. Um, but at the same time, they, have, they flash stuff up. I try to do the best I can. But the truth is, is that we want the Holy Spirit leading our services. How many of you want a Holy Spirit-led service? I, I do. I want a Holy Spirit. He's a conductor. And so I'm just saying, let's just, let's just flow to his music. Amen. That's what I believe God is saying. And it is good to see you guys. I enjoy, I enjoy getting with my family. I love seeing each and every one of your faces. I love the fact, I know some of you had weeks and stuff, and I know some of you dropped your kids off in the children's ministry, and you stood back and were like, 
you know, because you <laughs> needed a break or whatever, but you can relax now. You can relax. We're in, we're here. We're going to be here just for a little while, but I want you to be refreshed by God's presence. We pray that God, every time you come, that you encounter the presence of God and it changes your life. We're not wanting you to come and be like, I, church, check. We want the Lord to check you. And we want him to be, we want him to get a hold of you. And that, you, that it's not just, okay, I went to church and I went to lunch. Like, I went to church, pause. And I encountered the presence of the Lord, and it changed my life. We're looking for transformation. I don't know if y'all are thinking, we're looking for transformation and God to transform you every aspect. I'm saying, when you, when you see the greeters, they should greet you in such a way that it changes your life. Some of you will be like, that'd be better if y'all had some Krispy Kremes. Um, but we, 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 we're not doing that. But anyway, the truth is, we want you to be, be transformed by God's goodness. Amen? Okay. Um, I, we've been talking about and had an, uh, really our services and our sermons and our messages have been talking about encounter, encountering the Father, encountering Jesus. We've been talking about encountering the Holy Spirit because we believe that every Christian walk, every believer has to start with a, an, an encounter with the Lord. Is that true? It is absolutely true. You need to know that. Everybody, you started with an encounter. And if you haven't had a chance to encounter Jesus, I'm praying today that you would encounter him and it changes your life. It changes you. It transforms you because you need to have an encounter with the Lord. And I'm not talking about a one-time encounter. I'm talking about a continuation of encounters that you need to have. You need to encounter him every day. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus every day. I need him not only every day, but I need him on every hour of every minute of every second of every day. And if you think that you can go in this world without Jesus, you are mistaken. Um, we need Jesus. Y'all need Jesus. You online, you need Jesus. And so I want you to know that you need the people need the Lord. There he is right there. You need Jesus. And so that's what we've been talking about. And so, um, and so that's why it's so important. Here's why I want to pause here just for a minute. I had the awesome opportunity just two days ago. It was a, a kind of short notice, but I did and performed a funeral service at Ar Arlington uh, National Cemetery on Friday. Now I've never, I've, I've gone, we've gone, but I've never performed a service there. And uh, we laid to rest um, uh, a mother-in-law, and um, and I, I was in, I was there. And as I'm looking at all of these tombs, those tombstones there, and I'm, there's the 21 gun salute going off in the, in the back, and there's helicopters flying over at the Memorial uh, Cemetery, I was just hit with awe. Let me tell you what the awe was, being, being there, not just because I was able to do a service. I was amazed at the fact that all of those tombstones had to do with someone dying so that we can have freedoms that we have today. Um, I was, I was just in awe. I was, I really, it was amazing service. I, mean, I was honored to do it. I mean, I was telling my dad, I go, Hey, uh, and I was telling Pastor Terry, I forgot to tell Pastor Terry where I was. He goes, where are you? I go, you ain't gonna believe this. I'm in Washington, DC and I'm, I'm flying. I flew up, I flew in one day in the morning and flew home then that night and went in and I was just, I it was just amazed. They, they, the ashes and then all of the whole service was just amazing. But I was just like, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have freedoms. When you came in this morning, 
Nobody threatened you, threatened your freedom this morning. Nobody told you that you couldn't worship the Lord this morning. There was nobody at the doors. With, well, there were people with guns, but nobody's trying to keep you from <laughs> worshiping the Lord. We don't know who all has. This is Texas, Texas, so we know there's guns here. I don't know who all has them, but that we have them. And so nobody's threatening you. And here's what I, I, I wanted to say to you this morning. I don't ever want us to take for granted that we can come into a place and worship and have freedoms and read your Bible and have service and be together. There's people right now, there's a war going on right now where people don't, they're trying to take away their freedoms and they're fighting for those freedoms. And then there's us, sometimes we just take it for granted. We take for granted the fact that we can just walk into a building and worship the Lord and not even, you didn't worry about that this morning. You came this morning with the intent to worship God because you didn't want any of those things. You didn't, you didn't necessarily think about it, but you need to be thinking about it. That, that the fact that we don't want to take any of those things for granted. Aren't you thankful this morning that we have the freedoms that we have? I know it's messed up. I know every pastor is standing up in every pulpit in this morning talking about gas prices. I, that's a message in and of itself. Everybody's, everybody's preaching about gas prices this morning. Mmm, $5. I know everybody's talking about gas prices and everybody's upset. We got some messed up stuff going on in this country. Can I get a witness? We do have some messed up stuff going on in this country, but there is one thing. There is somebody who will not change, will not be removed from the throne. I don't care what anybody says. And his name is Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Our God reigns forevermore, and he's on the throne, and he's not advocating off the throne. He's not getting off the throne. And he is sitting there waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. And we are going to be a part of that in Jesus' name. So having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. So I just wanted to take a moment for us to just thank the Lord for our freedoms this morning. I don't know. You never have you seen anything like that. Just, let's do that this morning if we will. Lord, I thank you for the freedoms that we have in this country. Yes, Lord, we can complain if we want to. But, Lord, the truth is, is there's no one like our God. And we have these freedoms. Lord, we can read our Bible. We can pray. We can worship. We can talk about you. And, Lord, they may be trying to take that away, but we're going to stand. We'll fight, Lord, for freedoms. And, Lord, I want to thank you for all the men and women who have served this country and served so that we can have freedom and have it more abundantly. Lord, you gave your life so that we can have freedom. So I thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to get right into the word, and that's what we're talking about for this next series is the word of God. So encounter, and now there's discover. Um, one, of my, one of my good friends um, who, I've, who I have a relationship with, he's great, and he was telling us, talking to me, the fact that he goes, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that, that is saying that they can grow without being in the word. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That the word of God and all the things that are going on right now, they're discovering who God is in his word, the Bible said that his word will not pass away. There's two things that we know that will never pass away, and that's the souls of men and the word of God. And so the, the, we need to be in a place where we realize that we need to have an encounter with Jesus. Amen? Amen. A common encounter with Jesus through his word. Now, I, I wanted to show something to you this morning. How many of you remember back in the day, I know that some, I'm dating myself, when the Gideons used to come to the school and give out, raise your hand if you remember the Gideons used to come to school. You remember, okay, put your hand down. We got some people who don't remember that. So that's fine. That's fine. I just dated myself. Um, <laughs> but here's, the, one day I was coming from my office and I, and I drove by Hebron High School. 
And as I was driving by Hebron High School, I, I, I saw these, these men standing out in the, in, the, in the median. They were standing out in the median on every entrance into Hebron High School, and they were, they were, and I saw them, and they were handing out stuff. I was like, oh, and I was stuck in traffic, so I know. I'm thinking they're going to come to my, my window. So you know how sometimes you, you don't want anybody to see it, but you slide your arm up and you, you know, try to get the window up. I, I didn't do that because I looked, and I saw that they were handing out Bibles. They were handing out Bibles at Hebron High School. And so when they got to me, I didn't even know the guy's name. But here's what I said. I go, hello, Mr. Gideon. He goes, how did you know I was a Gideon? I go, because you're handing out Bibles. He goes, yep, I'm, we've been handing out Bibles. And he goes, not only have we been handing out Bibles, he goes, we were told that we could not hand out Bibles in the school. We can't go on the property and hand out Bibles. And so they kicked us out. He goes, but I'm standing here on this curb right here. And I can, I mean, it's a public... <laughs> It's public curb, and they can't kick me off the curb. They can kick everybody else off the curb, but they can't kick me off the curb, and we're handing out Bibles. To, we're trying to get Bibles into school. I'm trying to get Bibles into school. And so I looked around, and, all the, and these were all businessmen. They took time off of work, and they're standing there, and they handed out 340 Bibles at Hebron High School. <laughs> handed out 340 Bibles. Now, here's what's cool about that. Now, they're going to be here, they're going to be here next week. Um, I wanted them here this week, but I arranged for them to be here next week. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because they're going to give out, give each and every one of you a Bible. And here's what I want us to do. Each one of them, they'll be handed out one of these. You know, they used to have the, the orange one, the red one, the white one, the blue one. How many of you had a red one when you were zero? Okay, put your hand. How many had an orange one? Okay, put your hand down. Blue. Okay, okay. Well, I had them all. I was collecting them all. Every time they came to school, I had all of them because, I mean, I just loved them. And that's how I started a Bible study in the third grade was with the little Gideon Bibles. That's how I started a Bible study. And we'd go out on the playground during recess, and we would read our Bibles in the third grade. That's when I, I knew something was up because I had a group of people calling, coming with me, and we made a little fort out of the little leaves, and we sat there and we read the Bible. I just read the, we just read the Bible. Didn't know what I was reading, but I was reading the Bible, you know. And so the truth is I want you next week, you're gonna, everybody's going to get one, and I want you to find someone to hand them. Bible out to. And that's what I well, that's the reason why we get we're partnering with them so they'll be here. And one of the stories is that out of the 340, 340 Bibles that they handed out, one of one of the students, we don't know who else, but one of the students got saved at Hebron High School and has started a Bible study. Do we do know this? Has started a Bible study at the school. Everybody trying to kick Jesus out, Gideon's trying to get him in. They kick the word of God out, kick prayer out of schools, we're trying to get back in. Because our schools need to be transformed by the power of the word, transformed by the power of Jesus. And so we're going to participate. Amen? And so I just wanted to let you know that so you can get your mind and get your head wrapped around it. The Gideons will be here next week, and we are going to help them distribute and give out Bibles so that people can have the word of God. And that's so important. Amen? And this is the start of our series this morning, talking about discovering the word of God. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to preach your word. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Who, Lord, is so powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm thankful, Lord, that because of your word, Lord, we can be transformed and changed. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to read, we're going to read some scripture, we're going to have quite a bit of reading this morning, but in order for us 
to really dive into the scriptures and talk about the word of God. We need to, to know the word of God. Now, I've told you, some of you realize as you're turning there, that I grew up in a house where my family loved the word. Um, my parents would say to me, they say, you can't come to the table. I told you, you can't come to the table unless you had a scripture. So I had a bunch, my brother even said that I had a scripture and uh, we had to have a scripture every meal. Um, and so I remember coming to the table saying, Jesus wept. You know, that was my scripture. And uh, my dad was like, you're going to be weeping with Jesus if you come to, to the table with that scripture again. And so that is how we learned the word, with the word of God, just the word of God. And it just poured out. My parents had us read seven chapters a day. We read seven chapters a day every day. We, no, no, we was no, you know, missing. When we got home from school, we did our homework. It was just like clockwork. We, they made us, had us reading seven chapters a day. I tried to read the little Psalms, you know, you know the, little, the little Psalms and the Song of Solomon stuff. He's like, Dad was like, stay out of Song of Solomon. I didn't know now, but I know why now. He wanted me to stay out of the Song of Solomon. But I would read those scriptures. Y'all laughing. Anyway, I read those scriptures trying to find out just what, what is it? Why am I reading these scriptures? And now I know because in everything else is sifting and shaking and moving. And everything else in the world is trying to dictate to you about who you should be, how you should live, what it is that you're supposed to do. God is saying to you today that everything else, it will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. Isn't it amazing how the word of God will remain forever? It stands the test of time. Everybody, everybody else is, everything else is just moving and shifting, but the word of God remains forever. Governments shift and topple. Even right now, the stuff that's going on in, in, in Washington, as I was in Washington, D.C., and I'm driving by the Lincoln Memorial, I'm driving by etched in stone in our government buildings is the word of God. But we didn't come from a Christian nation. We're not. We don't have Christian. I mean, are you crazy? Then why? Did, I wonder why they put that. The rats carved that in the middle in the middle of the night. No, but what? How in the world did it get there? If we weren't founded on Christian principles and on the Word of God, that will never shift and never change. And so that's why it's important for us to get into and know the Word of God. I'm telling you right now, if you're at a place where you're you are struggling with life. You don't know what to do. You can. You can. There are a lot of self-help help books out there. You can go and read My Best Life Now. You can go read those books. You can go read all those other books about self-help. Oprah got a, a woo. She got a bunch of books you can read. But I'm telling you, nothing in this world will, will change your life and transform you like the Word of God will. You can go and read. There's a ton of self-help books. Just like you can read recipe books. Jesus, though, sometimes you can read a recipe book and put all the ingredients in. You still sometimes, your food still sometimes is nasty. Can I just tell you? <laughs> For the life of me, there's sometimes I follow a recipe and still food just be gross. <laughs> just be nasty. How do you mess up cereal? Anyway, the truth is, <laughs> I have. You're looking at me crazy. I have messed up. Cocoa Crisp and Fruity Pebbles and all, I've messed it up because I can do that. But all the ingredients that you need for living life is in the Word of God. Everything that you need. There's not one, there's not one uh, problem or anything that you could come up against in your life that is not found in the Word of God. But we go to other things. We turn our attention toward other things because we're trying to be, what are we founded on? What scriptures? Some of you got issues and things going on right now. I'm going to ask you, what scriptures are you standing on right now to be able to stand the test of time? What are you believing? What are you, what scriptures have you, have you absorbed? That's why David said, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. The flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of God will remain forever. 
forever. The Bible says his delight, her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, in his law, in his law will he meditate day and night. What's going to happen to you? They're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. And your leaves shall not wither. And whatever you do will prosper. Have you ever seen a tree that's been planted by the rivers of water? It's a big tree. Why? Because the nourishment that is coming from that water causes the tree to withstand the test and the storms of life. I mean, you know, we're in a storm right now. Anybody believe that? Yeah. It's like if, you, if you're walking around, you're like, I don't, I mean, maybe there's some of those, those people that walk around, I don't know if there's a, you're in a storm. There's a storm right now. There's a governmental storm. There's a racial storm. There's a, all kinds of different, there's a financial storm. All these storms that are coming, there's a perfect storm. But the truth is God's love and his word will help you stand the test of time. Amen? The Word of God. So that's what we're talking about today. So let's look at in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here's what it says. Verse 1 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will, be, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, disobedient to their parents, disobedient to, anyway, ungrateful. Can I get a witness? Parents. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless. This I'm reading out of the ESV, by the way. Swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. I want to stop here just for a second. Here's what I want to say this. There's a ton of universities and different things. And this starts in our colleges too, by the way. I'm just telling you, there's a storm going on in our colleges and our universities where they're trying to, they're trying to just feed into all of this postmodern cancel culture, racism, all these different things, all this stuff being fed into our universities. And there's a platform for learning. There's an atmosphere for learning. There's a place for learning. And it has its place. But the truth is that people are trying to find these, they're trying to learn and they're learning, but they never arrive at the truth. That's what he says. And the truth is not a thing. It's a person. His name is Jesus. They never arrive at it. They never arrive and never come to him, never come to Jesus. And that's what he's saying. He goes, they, 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 they always learning, but never arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Je verse eight, just as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualif disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far for the father will, their father will be plain to all as it was with those two men. And this is what he says. He jumps, he jumps down there in verse 16. And he says, all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture. Some of your, some of your verses, raise your hand. If some of your verses says inspiration. All scripture is given by inspiration. Raise your hand. Okay. Some of this ESV says God breathed out by God and profitable for the teach, for teaching and reproof and correction and for the training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete Equipped for every good work. God wants to equip you for every good work. Amen? The word of God is God breathed. It is the same word of when you say, when you breathe out on a cold day, 
the word of God, the scripture, the breath of God, the word of God is the same. It's the same breath that he breathed into Adam when he breathed in and Adam became a living being. It's the same word, the same use, the same Hebrew word, the of God, the breath of God that comes out. And he said, all scripture is breathed out by God, all given by inspiration of God. It's like, and so Vanessa and I and Kevin are actually working on this book and working on actually in, in our school, we're learning about, we're in New, New Testament literature. And in New Testament literature, one of the books we had to read had to do with four four gospels, one Jesus, basically talking about a different four different portraits, but one Jesus. And one of the one of the books, uh, the book that we just read said that did God inspire the men who wrote it, the evangelists who wrote it, or did he take over their bodies and they just started writing in a trance? And so people actually believe that. They believe that God just took over their body and there was some, he, he possessed them and they just began to write. And I'm just like, nope. I believe that it was an inspiration just like I'm having right now. There's a dance going on with me and Jesus right now. There's a dance right now. You don't see it, but it is going on right now where he's leading and I'm dancing. It's a waltz going on. You don't hear music, but there's a waltz going on and they're inspired. God speaking and they're writing. God speaking and they're writing. God speaking and they're putting it down on paper so that we can have it to be able to stand against the test of time in the evil day so that we can stand, therefore, being steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what God's called us to do. God breathed all scripture, all of it. Is it infallible? People worried about that. Is it inerrant? Is it, is, is it authoritative? Just want to hear this? It needs to be the authoritative and it needs to be authority in your life. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The message Bible says, and you hang on every word. Are you hanging on every word of God? Or are, you, are we hanging on man's word? What man is saying, God is God breathed. And so every scripture that we read is not about just trying to read your Bible to say, check, I read the Bible. Check, that was a good verse today. But with that word of God that you read, will it cause you to be transformed and cause you to grow into everything that God has called you to grow into? You shouldn't be comfortable just coming to church. Coming to, I love the fact that we have worship and we, we, I enjoy the fact that we sing together and you hear a message. But there should be something on the inside of you that wants you to grow and step into the very things that God has called you to step into. Amen? Amen. Is it true? I know you're going to be crazy, but it is. And if you're going to come to this church, if you're going to watch online, you need to know that we are a church that not only knows and wants you to grow in the word, but we are people of the word. You need to know that. If you come here, you're going to get the word of God. I'm not going to be trying to just preach an opinion. You're not going to hear me say a lot about what I think, where I, it seems like I'm going to be like, the word of God says this. That's what we believe. Am I alone? Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm not alone. We believe in the, the word of God. That's my first point. We believe the word of God. Because the word of God will sustain us and it will cause you. I mean, you're not going to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Turning your Bibles to John chapter 5. We'll read scripture, and we're going to start at verse 37. Follow me, because this is, this is it's going to be good here. Verse 37, John chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 37. And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, and the Father, we're going to break into what he's been saying. We're going to break into verse 37. And the Father who sent me has, has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, 
His form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse, you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Now, that's where I want to stop just for a second. He's saying that the, they, they search the scriptures. They're looking for eternal life. They're looking for life. They're trying to find life. But you don't understand that you are missing the point. The whole thing is about the scriptures speak about me. Listen, every time I open the Bible, it's about Jesus. Every time you open the scriptures, every time you read the scriptures, if it doesn't bring you to the place about who Jesus is, then you're missing the point. From the time that you open up the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, it's talking about Jesus. Do you know that? It is talking about Jesus. Now, I just, I'm trying to find myself in the scriptures. I'm just trying to find, I mean, I'll tell you what, before I, before I found Vanessa, every girl that I dated, they wanted to break up with me. They'd be like, I, I, it's, not, it's, not, it's not you, it's, it's me. That's what they would say. Before I met Vanessa, because Vanessa's like, no, it's you. <laughs> Brother, it, yeah, you need to know right now, it's you. It's you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so she, she just go and break it down. But they would be like, it's, it's, no, listen, when you open the scriptures, you need to understand. It, she's like, well, I'm trying to find myself in the scriptures. You don't need to find yourself. Find Jesus in the scriptures. Once you see him, it should change everything else around you. Once you find Jesus, because they all speak about Jesus. When I go to the maps, Jesus. The content, Jesus. The tape, the numbers. Oh, look, I'm on page 539. Jesus. Every place in the Bible is talking about Jesus. Amen? So you're trying to, the word of God directs you and gets you around Jesus. The word of God gets you into the will of God, talking about Jesus. How many of you enjoyed Alan Wright last week when he was here? You enjoyed his message? Oh, it was really, it was really good. Um, he and I got into talking about um, uh, just this this story about a guy in his church who was friends with his son who was really good at, at speaking and speech debate. And so he had, wrote, he had written a, a speech about Ben Carson. And he was, this speech about Ben Carson, he was saying he wrote about it and he actually won and got to the national championship of speech debate. And it was because he wrote a speech about Ben Carson. But he was scared. I mean, you, got, I mean, you know, guys know who Ben Carson is, by the way. The gifted hands, the one, he's a doctor that, that, uh, that separated the twins. All, and so he's, he's gifted. And so he wrote a speech about him. And so he got to a place where he goes, he goes Pastor Allen, he goes, this speech debate that's coming up, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to win because you're expected to walk into a room. And every time you walk into the room, he goes, you will, you, they'll give you a card. It can have a letter or it can have a color or it can have just a random word. And you have to speak about and debate about whatever they give you. So he was like, I'm not going to win. He goes, so they thought about it. And Alan had a bright idea. He goes, this is what we'll do. He goes, why don't we, just, just to help you, every time they give you, if they give you a card, or I'm going to give you a card, if you can get the speech to come around to be about Ben Carson, you'll win. Because you, that's how you got here. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, like this. He goes, I'll put a yellow card in front of you. You go, yellow. Okay, well, yellow stands for cowardice. And we don't want to be around people who are scared and intimidated, just like Ben Carson, who stood up in courage. And he stood up in courage, and therefore he was able to, to, to separate twins and have courage. And because that is what you need to be, it's just like Ben Carson. What about the glass or a glass of half-empty water? It's like, you look at that glass and see it half full. I look at it, I see it as half 
half empty, but I see the fact that if you stand and you can hold whatever it is, you can be just like Ben Carson. And he can, he can help you to be able to do and stand up in the middle of. So everything, the game they played, everything had to come around to Ben Carson. And so he actually won. And then not only did he win, but he got a chance to meet Ben Carson. And not only did he get a chance to meet Ben Carson, but he told Ben Carson about how he got to the national championship. And so Ben Carson said, let's play that game right here at the table, at the dinner. Let's play that game. So they, wrote, they, they played the game. And so what about that napkin? Hey, that napkin right there is meant to wipe your mouth because sometimes you'll get stuff on your mouth that you don't need to have. But if you become like Ben Carson, you can absolutely be able to speak out the things that you need to do like he does in, about certain things. And so everything had to be about Ben Carson. Everything. So Ben Carson plays the Ben Carson game. And everything surrounded around is about Ben Carson. He's like, Ben Carson, get out of the way, Ben Carson. So here's what I want to tell you. Everything else around can be shifting and sinking and everything else around you. But when you get to the scriptures, all of the scriptures should pull you around to who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? The scriptures get you around to who he is. They all speak about me. They all come around to speak. The map, all of it is about Jesus. And if you get in the scriptures, he is the rock that Moses struck and the water flowed from. He is the one that turns the bitter water sweet. He is the rock of my salvation. He is my redeemer. He is my king and reigning king of kings and lord of lords. He is El Shaddai. He is the one who covers me, the one who goes before me. He is my God and my salvation. He is the one who shed his blood so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. And everything else that I can see in this world may be shifting and sinking, but the word of God calls me to be centered and stay my course because my eyes are upon Jesus and the scripture should pull you to that place. Amen? I can say this now because Vanessa can't run up here and choke me, but we had a we, we have a boat, and one night I knew we should have went in earlier. We should have went in earlier, and we didn't. And, um, and so I was trying to figure out what to do. And so, um, and so we was getting late, and when we was trying to get back, all the instruments in the boat had started failing. There was nothing going on. There's nothing that I could see except for the engine. And I knew that we had to get back. I knew we had to get back. And so everything was failing. And so the kids were looking at me like, Dad? I go, we got it. It's all good, knowing I was scared. I was absolutely scared. None of them in here either. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to get back. The only thing that I could see was on top of the dash, there was a compass. There was a compass, a little bubble, you know what I'm saying, just looking up there at me. And I was like, oh, Lord, nothing else is, nothing else is working. I don't even know how fast I'm going. I, don't, I can't see anything. All I could see was that compass. And I was able to use that compass to get me right back to the boat dock. And here's, here's what I want to tell you. Right now, everything else is dark in this world. There's darkness that's going on in the world, but there is a light that shines within the darkness, and his name is Jesus. You may not be able to find your way around these gas prices. You may not be able to find your way around all the darkness that's going on in the world, the racism, all these different things around it. But I want to tell you this morning that if you can get a hold of the word of God that is able, the engrafted word of God that is able to save your souls, if you can get into the word, not only get into the word, but let the word get into you. If you allow the word 
word to get into you, then you can be able to say that my delight is in the law of the Lord. And therefore, I could be like that tree planted by the rivers of water that brings about fruit. You can bring about fruit even in your winter season, even in your darkest hour, even in the middle of your storm. You can bring about fruit because your standard and firm and foundation is on the rock of Christ. You're able to stand. He's in every, he's in every, he's in every book. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. Not only in Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. And, and, and not only in Leviticus, he's the great high priest. In Numbers, he is the cloud and the fire. In Deuteronomy, he's a prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is the judge and the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's a kinsman. Redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's a prophet of the Lord. In First and Second King, he's a reigning King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In First and Second Chronicles, he's a glorious temple. And in Ezra, he's a faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's a rebuilder of the wall. In Esther, he's our Mordecai. In Job, he's our dayspring on high. In Psalm, he is the Lord who is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is the wisdom of God. And in Song of Solomon, he is a lover and the bridegroom. In Isaiah, he. He's a suffering servant. In Jeremiah and Lamentation, he is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the son of man. In Daniel, he's the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven. In Hosea, he is a bridegroom. In Joel, he is a baptizer of the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he's a burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's a mighty savior. In Jonah, he's a forgiving God. In Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is a great evangelist crying for revival. Bible. In Zephaniah, he's a restorer of the remnant. In Haggai, he's a cleansing fountain. In Zechariah, he's a pierced son. In Malachi, he's a son of righteousness. In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's a miracle worker. In Luke, he's a son of man. In John, he's a son of God. In Acts, he's the ascended Lord. In Romans, he's a justifier. In First and Second Corinthians, he's the last Adam. In Galatians, he is the one who sets us free. In Ephesians, he is Christ of riches. In Philippians, he is the God who meets our every need. In Colossians, he's, a, he's the fullness of the Godhead. In First and Second Thessalonians, he's a soon and coming king. In First and Second Timothy, he is a mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's a blessed hope. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's a blood that washed away my sins. In James, he's a great physician. In First and Second Peter, he's a chief shepherd. In First and Second and Third John, he's everlasting love. In Jude, he is God, our Savior. And in Revelation, he is a king of kings and Lord of lords, the bright and morning star, the Alpha Omega, first and last, the beginning and the end. He is our king, king of kings, all kings of all lords. Our God is an all-consuming fire. He is the righteousness of our salvation. He is a God that sets us free. He is a God that goes before us and camped around about us, our protector, our redeemer, our Savior our Lord, our King of kings and Lord of lords, bright and morning star. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Every scripture, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. The King of kings and Lord of lords, that Alpha and Omega beginning and end. Our King Jesus. He's the one that we celebrate today. And I don't know where you are in your faith. You sit down. We're just talking. We're just having a conversation. 
But our God reigns forevermore. And he is the king that we celebrate this morning. I'm going to ask our, our ushers to come. I know I'm, I'm over time, but we're going to have communion this morning. Isn't he good? Isn't he amazing? The scriptures all speak about him, the king of our salvation. I know that we can talk about all kind of stuff going on in our world. Go ahead and pass them out, gentlemen. Pass out the elements. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. All the things that are going on in our world, you will never get away from the fact that when you get into the word and you allow the word to get into you, it should change you and transform you from the inside out, from the inside out, that the anointing of God should break every yoke, every yoke of slavery in your life.